Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane. Today on the show, we have Corey Roper, longtime Truck Series competitor. I shouldn't say long time, but recent add to the Truck Series lexicon. Has an interesting story as a small, underfunded team, so we're going to chat with him about his career in NASCAR and the sport, as well as recap Martin Truex Jr.'s dominant win at Darlington, preview Dover, which he has a good shot to win as well. But before that, we're paying homage to somebody with a very interesting name this week. We've done that before, but this one may take the kink on the Mount Rushmore of weird names in racing. Here's Papa Siegel with more. Thank you, Dove. Welcome, everyone, to episode 107. Today we look back on another great name of NASCAR and a couple of NASCAR characters. Honorable mention this week to Clint Boyer, the only driver to win in the 07. He did it twice between 2005 and 2009. You remember that cool Jack Daniels old number seven paint scheme, right? Boyer has the most starts in the 07 at 108 as well as the most wins, top fives, top tens, and polls. Boyer is a modern-day character of that there can be no doubt. The man we remember today ran the 07 between 1969 and 1971, recording six top ten finishes, was a character in his own right, and had one of the coolest names in the garage. That man was Cuckoo Marlin. As a child, Clifton Marlin had a hard time pronouncing his own name. When he tried, it came out as Cuckoo. That name stuck with him the rest of his life and stood beside other noteworthy Marlin names like his wife, Eula May, his son, Sterling, and his grandson, Stedman. Cuckoo was a farmer before he was a race car driver. When his brother couldn't race one night at the local dirt track, Cuckoo filled in, finished third, and got the itch. He became a fixture around short tracks in Alabama and his native Tennessee and won four track championships. That eventually translated into a NASCAR cup ride. Cuckoo ran on a shoestring budget and never enjoyed success like his son would. His greatest accomplishment was winning one of the Daytona qualifying races but he arguably had a Daytona 500 win taken away from him. In 1974, he had a half-lap lead on the field with 15 laps to go when NASCAR black-flagged him for a loose lug nut. When he pitted, all his wheels were checked and all the lug nuts were tight. His chance to win had come and gone. They didn't want no little guy to win it, he would say in later life. Richard Petty went on to win the race that day. You think Boyer is a character? So was Cuckoo. One night, he and legendary car owner Hoss Ellington 
had a few too many to drink at a pre-race event in Talladega and were arrested for public intoxication. They were thrown into a pitch-black cell where Ellington hopped onto a bunk to sleep it off. Cuckoo, however, went to work. He tried to fashion a key to escape from the jail cell from a metal drinking cup left by the guard using his belt buckle and a boot. When Ellington was woken up by the sound of Cuckoo's handiwork, Cuckoo told him, as if from a Hollywood movie, we'll be out of here by dawn. Eula spoiled the fun by bailing the two out before then. As I keep telling you, they were different times. That's all for today. Back to you, Doof. Thank you, Dad. I'm Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'm Cuckoo for Cuckoo Marlin. Same thing, right? Let's get this episode started as we always do with a good old-fashioned Let's chit-chat about the Goodyear 400 from Darlington Raceway. As we said, Martin Truex Jr. put a good old ass whooping on him. He said it himself. Led 248 of the 293 laps on Sunday. Gotta appreciate stuff like this when it happens, though. Even though... On one hand, it's a little bit infuriating because you're seeing one driver absolutely demolish everybody. It's pretty impressive when it does happen, and it tends to happen a lot with Martin Truex Jr. doing the dominating, right? Interesting how that works out. How did he do it, though? Well, for one, the 750 horsepower package that was in effect on Sunday at Darlington, that helped things. I love low downforce. That's all I'm going to say. I love it. You know, I feel like... um... You know, especially this year, we, you know, all three races we won been been with this package. So obviously, uh, you know, guys and girls at, at JGR doing a great job. Um, but I just, you know, for me, you look at 16, 17, and 18 low down force. I mean, you know, we we very well could have won all three championships. You know, we were right there in all three and won a lot of races. So um, big fan of this kind of racing. Really enjoy it. You know, today was a heck of a challenge. I, I did come on the radio one time and and say, uh, I'm really surprised at just how slow it feels and how slick it is. I mean, I was leading and driving away from the field and I'm like, this thing is sliding everywhere. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, just how much this track changes year to year. Every time we come back, it gets more difficult with it, with the, you know, the wear of the pavement. Um, and I would say that, you know, we probably have less downforce now than we've ever had here, you know, because I think some of the rules that have changed since 17 or 18, whatever, uh, we've probably got less downforce than we had then, even with, you know, building new cars and, and working on them to get better and better and better. Um, so um, really, really just a fun day, a big challenge. And, uh, you know, just got to give it up to my guys for giving me a great car and uh, doing all the little things right. Was this reminiscent at all of his Coke 600 win and spanking a few years ago when I think he led 396 or 394 of the 400 laps? It's funny you bring that up because like, my brother-in-law was over last night and we were in, and Sherry's dad and we were all talking and, and, uh, he, he pretty much told me the reason we're going away from low downforce is all my fault. So I guess I did it again. He'll, he'll tell me tonight when I go home, you did it again. You stunk up the show. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we actually dove further into that answer this week on the front stretch podcast. Yes, we had true X on the pod. That's a big get. We don't really usually get, high caliber guests like that on this show or the front stretch pod. So please be sure to go check that out. It was a privilege to speak with him and he was great. Great. As always, 
Kyle Larson came home in second place, close but no cigar. He came on strong late, but just wasn't able to close the gap and get past Truex or really to his bumper. William Byron, another top 10, his 10th straight, ties the record for Jeff Gordon for Hendrick Motorsports and now is the youngest driver to score 10 straight top 10 finishes. Kevin Harvick led 10 laps early, got a top 10 finish as well. Joe Gibbs Racing, they were the class of the field on Sunday. Penske, not really. Brad Keselowski started on the pole, fell back like a rock. I think he finished three laps down. Not a good day for him, which is surprising, a former Southern 500 winner. But the thing that people were talking about leaving this race was essentially the race itself. Was it good? Was it boring? Does it have to be both? Here's my take on it. And I wrote about it in NASCAR Mailbox this week for Front Stretch. The reason that people appreciated this race for what it was was because they want what they can't have, right? The 750 package puts things in the driver's hands more. There's less downforce, more cars slipping and sliding, more off-throttle time. It's in the driver's hands more. We know that. The 550 package is not. So when you go to a track like Darlington that had the 550 package last year, you put 750 on the cars this year, you see visibly and you hear audibly the cars are not on the gas as much. The drivers are having to work harder inside the car. So you see that and you hear that and you appreciate that. But then you see Truex is up 15 seconds on the second place car in second stage. And you see all the cars are single file, they're spread out. What you don't see is that they're working their asses off inside the cockpit to try to get that car pointed off the center of the corner down the straightaway. Now, I think it can be both, right? You can have a good race with it not being the most unbelievably compelling show. You can find beauty in the little things, beauty in the struggle, so to speak. I enjoyed what I saw. I don't know if I'd want to watch it for 36 weeks in a row, but the reason that I enjoyed it was because we don't get it that often. That's why you like super speedway races four times a year instead of 30, because you know that there's only four times this racing is going to be in effect for the Cup Series, and you appreciate it for what it is. It's not normal, but it's fun. It's different. You appreciate that. That's what I was doing on Sunday, and I appreciated the butt whooping that Truex put on the field because that was damn impressive. Got to chat about the Xfinity and the Truck Series. They were also in action this past week. Let's start with the trucks. Uh, an awesome Jason Leffler throwback for Sheldon Creed in GMS Racing. He wins the race, his first win of the season for the defending champion. We weren't great, obviously, to begin with. We were really tight and then got really, really loose, and then we were just trying to work on it. And um, Man, I didn't really know where we were on tires there when we restarted like 18th and then the wreck happened and just honestly caught lucky, I felt like, just – Trucks went the right directions and, and snuck through. Um, and then I had a really good feeling after that. I knew the guys in front of us had older tires and the guys that were with us were obviously on the same tires, but I at least felt good enough for, for five or so laps um, on tires. And um, the more caution laps we had, the more the more confident I felt. He got into it a little bit on Twitter with Marcus Lamonis that night, and I was uh... – kind of in the middle of it the next morning. I saw somebody uh, post their conversation, so I took a screenshot of it, posted it for myself, tagged Marcus Lamonis and Sheldon Creed. Lamonis, next thing I know, followed me, uh, <laughs> responded and called it unprofessional, and it sparked this entire conversation this week. So uh, check that out. Racing Spaces did a good conversation on it. I wasn't able to tune into their actual chat, 
but their Twitter thread describes a little bit about what Lamonis was thinking because he joined the racing spaces and explained his point of view a little bit further. Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity Series with a very professional drive, as Jeff Gluck said on Twitter. He wins the Xfinity race at Darlington, the first win for him at the track too tough to tame. It's hard to win any race in the Xfinity Series, especially this year with the competition that they got, and especially at the Lady in Black. I asked him about that and his ridiculously scary-looking mask. Hey, Justin, congratulations. Uh, first of all, where the hell did you get that mask? It is haunting <laughs> dreams already. Well, I, I actually ordered this before Daytona, and uh, it didn't show up. But that's why the color's a little bit off. But, uh, hey, it's a good place to uh, to debut it. Obviously, it was it was good to go to Victory Lane, and uh, I have literally creeped everybody out all day. So it's, it's perfect. Well, it's still working. Uh, what does your wife think about it? She hates it. Yeah, she's, she's so ready for me to get rid of it. It's not even funny, but it's a race winning mask now, so I don't know that we can uh, we can get rid of it. So, Yeah, I guess it works. Uh, so this is your first win at Darlington, second of the season. Are you surprised that it took you this long to win at this track, or is it the track too tough to tame for that exact reason? Uh, this place, the reason why everybody wants to win here is because of how difficult it is. Um, you know, this place is, is truly special, and you know, one of the things that I loved about the end of the race today was the fact that I was battling two of my teammates. Uh, we had four fantastic Camaros today that that all had a shot at going to victory lane. And that's something for me that's just, that's what this place is all about. This place embodies, you know, what I feel like our race shop at Junior Motorsports really, really is all about. And, and you know, having a boss man like Dale Jr. and, and Kelly Earnhardt Miller, you know, those two love this sport and, and they love what the sport embodies. And, and this place really kind of is, is where the sport came from. Seeing all the fans today in the grandstands, um, <laughs> there's nothing like this place. It, it, it has its own atmosphere and it's really special. Cool. Thanks. Congratulations. Please keep the mask off. Thank you. <laughs> Noah Gregson won the $100,000 for the third time in a row. Dash for cash bonus. And then it was taken away because his car failed post-race inspection. So, A.J. Allmendinger wins the bonus. But wait, there's more. Junior Motorsports appeals the penalty. It is heard, and it is reversed. So, Gregson and the nine team do get the 100K, and they do win the dash for cash. So, that was a whole whirlwind of emotions for Noah, I'm sure, and Junior Motorsports, I'm sure, and Dale Jr., the team owner, who... Randomly followed me on Twitter last night after he retweeted my TikTok. That was crazy. Uh, Junior, in the off chance that you're listening, thank you for the follow. I hope that I don't disappoint you. Uh, but with that being said, we got an interview to do. Let's throw it over there. It is interview time. I told you guys at the start of the show, this guy is not necessarily a truck lifer, but he's going to be, and he wants to be, as he said. Corey Roper Drives the 04 truck for Roper Racing Team, a small family organization, not a ton of full-time employees, maybe none at all, actually, if you look into the minutiae. It is an interesting story about how this team started, how they chose to go truck racing, a lot of happenstance opportunities, and Corey's a pretty cool, mild-mannered Texas guy, and I appreciate his time that he gave us today. A little bit of a shorter episode than usual, so if you're getting ready to sit down, relax, get some popcorn and some soda or something, maybe just get a small portion because he had to run. But regardless, it was a great conversation with Corey. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. 
Pleasure to welcome on this week, driver of the 04 truck in the Camping World Truck Series for Roper Racing. It's Corey Roper. And I wanted to have you on, Corey, because I feel like a lot of people that follow NASCAR and listen to the show, they know the truck series, they know your name, but they may not know the story behind how you got to where you are and your team and you as an individual. So I want to tell that a little bit more. First of all, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Uh, it's a Wednesday as we record this. What What's life like for you on a Wednesday? Are you at the shop burning the midnight oil? Well, I, I wish I had more time to stay in the race shop, man. I, I still, uh, you know, I've got my businesses that, that keep me busy and, and then trying to trying to meet and fund the race team at the same time. It, it keeps me pretty busy. I, I wish I had more time to work on the cars and, and things like that. But you know, if you don't have the, if you don't have the resources to go to the racetrack, I mean, that that's got to come first. Right. So, so that's kind of my day is, is, is running our, running our company and, and uh, our industrial construction company. And we're in, we're just so busy right now. We've got, we got so many projects going on spread out all over the country and, and uh, so it's been pretty pretty taxing here lately, but but it's, but it's a good thing, right? Blessed to have the have the work and have the successful uh, industrial construction company, so we can so we can go play on the weekends and and uh, you know so that's that's what I do. I, I, like I said, I wish I had more time in the race shop, but uh, I, I still get to spend. We did get the dyno the truck today, and I got to drive it, so so you know I cool. jump in it. And uh, I get to do a few pulls, and then I got to go back to, to reality and, and do my real job. So, um, yeah, that's that's my Wednesday. Meetings, meetings, go down to the race shop, do a lot of tours. Everybody comes to, the, comes, to the, comes to the office, wants to go look at race cars. So that's that's pretty cool to have it in the backyard and be able to, to intermingle both of them jobs. But, uh, but yeah, that's my, that's my Wednesday. <laughs> Well, like we said, it's better to be busy than bored, so you got that going for you. But I have to imagine, you know, working the day job with the construction company while also running a race team, albeit a really small one, family-run organization, it can be pretty taxing. So let's let's dive into that. I mean, your team, Roper Racing Team, it is a small, family-run operation. This is not a conglomerate that you see in the truck series with you know factory back teams or like a kbm a thor sport how many people are working on your team because they're mostly volunteers and members of your family yes they are my, my brothers they you know they run divisions in our in our construction company so and you know so they come in at night when they can and and work and i've had one our our team's actually been short since the road course we've been so busy i've lost two of our crew members that are our volunteers that can't even come in they're a road crew right so uh they usually come to the shop at night work on the cars and then on the weekends we load up and go to the racetrack and they get it through tech and you know they're they're such hands-on in these race cars and and since the road course at daytona we we've you know, we had some freezes, had some some bad weather, and it's really kind of kind of hurt our industry. But as you know, as far as like work, I mean, some plants are down, and we're yeah. still recouping from that. So um, we're about to wrap a lot of that up. But then we also went into outage season, so, uh, so they haven't been able to come to shop, they haven't been able to come to the racetrack, and and I think our performance has actually kind of shown it. Um, but you know, as far as like full time in the race shop, two, three two and then we had a third one that's come in and goes home from north carolina uh but yeah we're we've got a full three <laughs> so 
uh, it's pretty pretty busy for them. Three is the magic number, so I guess that's has to work. You guys do make it work, though. I mean, when you look at the big picture, there's teams that have tens of hundreds of employees, and you guys are doing this same thing as they are. You know, you're driving the truck up and down the coast and across the country, working on the truck in the shop. The difference is these people get paid full-time salaries to do these jobs, whereas, as we mentioned, these are family members and they're doing the work out of the goodness of their heart because it's what they love, it's their passion, and they're doing yep. this after they clock out of the day job. So it's kind of like a side hustle, but it's a passion project at the same time, right? It is. I mean, this we've, you know, NASCAR, to get to this level has been a dream of me and my family's forever, you know, to – to be able to race on this level and, and, uh, and bring good equipment and be competitive. So, um, you know, everybody has the passion for it and that's why we are able to do it. And everybody just does whatever it takes to, to, to get us there. So very blessed to have them part of it. And like I said, both my brothers, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my wife, you know, I mean, my, my daughter did the interior for a while. She come in after school and, you know, put the fire bottles in and then just everybody pitches and, uh, uh, to get these things to the racetrack. And then Shane Whitback's my crew chief, and he just mm -hmm. works tirelessly on them. To, you know, and then the people we have in the shop, you know, we had a we had a fabricator that that had a little bit of experience on on these trucks, but um, you know, Shane's the, the people we did have in the shop up until recently are new, never seen one of these before, you know. So so it was a little bit of a, a struggle and learning curve for them, but they're doing great. They're there are people that want to know these and do and do a great job on them. So, um, you know, it's it's building a it's a means to an end, right? Rome wasn't built today. So, so it's you just you work on it and keep moving forward. And like I said, the you know we wrecked our hauler, had our hauler get wrecked uh, first week of the racing season too. So that's put us back. I mean, I, thank goodness I still have my late model hauler. So we've been going forward to the races with that, but. We're getting that back in a couple of weeks. Everybody's going to be able to get back to the shop in a couple of weeks, and, and we'll kind of get it back some normalcy. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll start start running a little better as well. So, you know, and, and you're talking about the big teams. We don't have the the funding. We don't have the, the backing. We don't have the wind tunnel time. And, and, you know, we're looking at all this, everything we can get our hands on. And, you know, it's not that we were, we were slower – now than we were two years ago at certain tracks it's just everybody's gotten faster you know and the competition in the truck series just absolutely you know i mean it's great it's 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 a lot of good competition from down to 25th you know so um you know so we're we we felt like we kind of lost something here and we've, been, we've had a lot of conversations the last couple of weeks just our last couple of days really just really try to pinpoint where we what are we missing? What are we doing? And and uh, we've got some homework to do to try to get her get her downforce back in these trucks and and, and find some speed. But um, you know we're going to find it. We're never going to give up on it. Um, you know, but we feel like we got to get her head back in the game and and get going again because uh, you know we've just had a bad luck. But you know it is what it is. Racing is the way racing is. You got more bad days and you got good, and the one or two good days you have pay for the rest of them. So uh looking forward to finding some speed and we'll find it yeah i got no doubt about it you, like you said you have your good days you have your bad you had a really good day earlier this year we'll get to that at daytona but we've mentioned you know pre preferred industrial contractors a couple times and that's the construction company that you own and work for and it helps fund the race team i was hoping 
that you could take me and the listeners into a little bit more of behind the scenes aspect in terms of, you know, they look on the surface and they say, okay, here's a race car driver. He has his own team. He has a construction company. Does he just take the money that he makes from the construction company and fund it directly to the race team? I see he has CarQuest Auto Parts on the truck. Is that a B2B relationship? Take us behind the scenes and how the sausage is made, so to speak, because as as we've talked about, right? You know, smaller teams, money is tight, and there's not an abundance of sponsorship as there is for some other bigger teams. So for your team personally and you as the driver and the team owner, how does this all work for you financially? Well, it's it's. I wish it was as simple as taking money from the construction company and, and feeding the race team. I mean, it doesn't work like that. You know, I mean, we're a great, successful little business to, to be able to, to acquire the assets, to have a race team, but to go to the races, to have more employees, you know, it's got to, we got to have help. And, and CarQuest with, with Advanced Professional has been just fantastic. It kind of started out as let's, let's be a sponsor, you know, I mean, I, they, I got a great relationship with, with some people inside the Advanced Professional house and, and that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, as they've learned our business and, and has learned try to diversify some of what they're doing, um, it has turned into the B2B. And I mean, that was kind of most of my day to day is I met with them. I met with other other companies trying to get, um, you know, some things that we're struggling and some things that we find inside these power plants, uh, you know, that if we if we could put everybody together and and help everybody be successful, help us be successful as an industrial construction company, help them be uh, diversify into the industrial business a little bit, not just the automotive side. Um, and then with some, you know, pipe distributors and things like that, that's, it's good for everybody. So it is all about the B2B, you know, some of the lubable companies that owner, you know, we also have a fueling company, which is, delivers bulk fuel and, and lube oils and things like that. So, okay. It's just trying to tie it all together is what makes racing work. And, and, you know, just the advertising is great. It's, it's, you know, it's what it, it works itself, but if you can get everybody to, to benefit from their advertising dollar, uh, it works out a lot better. So that's what we work on. Um, that's why advance, you know, they, like I said, they're, they're such a great partners and, and do everything they can to help us. And have been fantastic car quest, them group of guys, they're, all individually owned stores, been in those, been in, in families for generations. And for me to be able to go hang out with those guys every once in a while and learn that, you know, we're all real similar, right? We got businesses, they've got businesses, you got your struggles, you got your ups and your downs. And, and it's just been a lot of fun to, uh, to know that whole family and, and the, the CarQuest family and, and uh, how all this kind of ties together. So, um, yeah, great partnerships. And, you know, same thing with the Lions Aviation, you know, same thing. We've, we've got, you know, they help us at Daytona. They did last year. They did this year again. Um, you know, and now we're, we've got business propositions that we're working with them and, and getting them into some of the stuff down in Houston. And, and hopefully they'll be able to, through the B2B stuff, you know, grow their company as well. So that's what it's about. Um, it lets us go play and, and uh, hopefully we can keep doing it and make everything you know, get, get a few more funds here that, that can help us uh, gain some of that speed we need back. So you were actually talking to one of my coworkers at frontstretch.com, Michael Massey, a couple of years ago 
about, you know, what spurred your guys' idea to start this truck team. And you guys made your first start at Martinsville. And for those listening, that was the snowed, the snowed out weekend or the snow delayed weekend. And I see the smile on your face, Corey, because that was, I'm sure you remember that weekend like it was yesterday, right? I mean, you guys did really well too. You, you qualified top 20. I think you finished top 15. You're racing around KBM trucks, Thor Sport trucks. And this is your guys' first ever start in the truck series. Like that, that's not supposed to happen, but it did. It's also not supposed to snow and get pushed back another day. So then you guys are driving yeah. the semi back and you're taking calls in the car for your actual jobs. And it's just the grind personified. But that weekend overall, I'm sure you probably remember it pretty fondly considering you guys scored a top 15 in your first weekend together. Yeah, we, uh, that was a really interesting. Well, actually, I mean, I've never sat in one of those trucks, right? And we went out and made a couple of little small runs, you know, like one small run, four or five laps. And, right. and uh, Shane, even, you know, coming on full time with us, he was just, he knew we'd never seen these. He's still working for Brad Keselowski. And, you know, I asked, I kind of asked him, can you come help us at the racetrack? You know, it was kind of part of the deal of getting, of buying some of his trucks when we first mm-hmm. started. And I think at the time we only bought three. We didn't have everything else. Well, he, uh, we go, you know, we take, we, we assemble the truck here, take it down to BKR, um, let them mount the seat and, you know, get the seat board and everything else for us and, and, uh, go to the racetrack and make a couple of laps. And then he comes on, he says, well, try a mock run. You know, it was the second time I'd go out in one of these trucks and, and uh, everybody's mock running, you know, and we strapped a set of tires on, and I think we were sitting third fastest on the board. So that was a little bit, a little bit interesting. Uh, you know, like I said, never even been on pit road down there. To in one, I've been one time on a kid that I helped, you know, Bailey Curry. I helped, like, when he got in his career, I, I kind of helped sponsor his first ride, and that's mm-hmm. how all this started. But uh, yeah, we we were pretty quick there in Martinsville the first time, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. So you mentioned, you know, getting started in the truck series, you got some equipment from BKR, but let's go further back a little bit because I want to know the decision-making process for a guy like you, who's been around racing all of his life, raced most of his life, if not all of it, it's in the family, it's what you love, it's what you do, it's your passion. Why why make the jump from local racing to saying, you know what, let's go NASCAR racing, let's go the truck series route, we'll be a small team. We're underfunded. We're not going to compete for wins week in and week out, but we want to try this thing and we want to do it the right way. Why do that at that particular time? What was the thought process with that? Well, us being in Texas, we're just not in this world, right? We it's it's extremely hard to do what you're saying from Texas. It, right. You know, I mean, we have Speedway here, and I mean, when that track was first built, my dad had season tickets to it, and you know, for the last five or six years I've had tickets up at well Lauren that up on burnout alley. You know I mean? We, we love the races and, and how it happened is I was running some local late model races and Bailey Curry, who's, who's, uh, you know, he's run everywhere from the cups to the truck series. Now he kind of drives in all three series. Um, I always had a lot of respect for that kid. He's just such a great, great driver. He was, you know, didn't wreck. He, he just took care of his equipment. It was always fast. Um, I think that that one night, and I didn't know him and and his dad that well, but you know we raced a lot together. And I think that mm-hmm. night might have won the won the feature, and he finished second or you know or third or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were tearing our 
they were tearing down our motors, which were sealed, you know, so kind of didn't make any sense. It was in a pro late race. And, and, uh, so we were in tech and I just kind of got frustrated because they're taking motors apart that, you know, are sealed. And so I'm sitting out, leaned up against the truck and his dad was sitting beside me. And I said, you know, I heard he had a ride, a chance to go, go run a truck, you know, I just kind of congratulated him. And he said, well, the thing kind of fell through. And I kind of looked at him and was like, well, how much money are you talking about? You know, I sorry, felt bad for him. I was his age one time. And mm-hmm. said, yeah, the funds didn't come through. So I asked him how much he was talking about. To, he's going to run three races back. He's going to run Martinsville, uh, uh, Phoenix, and then Homestead. And he told me, and I sat there for about four or five seconds and looked at him and said, well, hell, I'll do it. Let's go. You know, so I, I kind of helped him get into it and then, you know, but I wanted to go to the races. I've never been on pit road before, you know? So I uh, went down there and looked at some cars and walking up and down pit road and ran into Jeremy Thompson, who was BKR's manager and heard they were getting out. That's the time the Ilmore engine was coming in. And, you know, so my mind was starting to turn as I was walking up and down pit road that day. And I think uh, within six months, I ended up having 18 trucks and buying a whole race team. So that's about how it started. It was kind of an accident, but that's, that's you know, I've always, that's the only reason I ever went to work as a kid is learned is so I could afford to race, you know? So yeah, I hadn't really grown up, I guess. <laughs> Join the club, right? That's crazy though, because it, it happened in what you said, six months, you, you went from no inventory, no plans of getting into NASCAR racing at all to sponsoring Bailey for his debut and his first three races, uh, happenstance running into somebody at BKR as they were exiting the sport. And then you had 18 trucks in your fleet and you're doing this all from Texas. So it's not in the, you know, the hub of everything in Charlotte, you're doing this offsite, very low budget, very understaffed, but you guys made it work. Yeah. Well, and we, it wasn't just the trucks we bought, you know, we acquired everything from the pull down machine to the, to the hauler, to all the suspension, uh, chassis plates, body plates. I mean, we, we, we definitely dove in with, <laughs> with both feet, jumped in with both feet, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a awkward story how it happened. Cause I mean, he actually <laughs> sold a lot of it already. Um, so I had to even go chase most of it down and, and get what I could. So, you know, I mean, he had still the, you know, the tools. And I actually bought three trucks from Brad and then everything else. I ended up having to go chase it down from people that he sold it to. <laughs> so um, it's kind of interesting, kind of crazy. Well, I was looking for a, for by this time, I guess we did race that first year off and on and had three trucks, I guess. But um, yeah, I was looking for a super speedway truck. So I'd run Daytona again, just a bucket list thing. Didn't really, I was planning on running a couple of short tracks, maybe intermediate tra- track here and there. And a super speedway race, if I could, and always wanted to run Daytona, you know. So I went to look at another truck and found found the rest of them. So, so that's what I ended up doing is, is getting all them and you know trying. Now, now you know my goal now is to I want to drive as long as I can. But you know, there's other people that's got more experience, been been doing this a lot longer. I I want to be an owner. I want to be a successful owner. I want to run for for you know I'm looking for the relationships that allow us to to be able to run with the GMSs and the KBMs and, mm-hmm. and the Thor sport guys. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my goal now. Like I said, I like to, I like to drive. I want to drive, but, but it's not the ends of the means. I want to, I want to own a successful race team and run for championships and run for wins. So 
that's the goal now. <laughs> well, the goal is uh, you're on your way there. And I, and I have to imagine that bringing Chase Briscoe into the fold this year on a limited basis for a couple races so far and potentially some more down the road. I think he announced he was maybe going to run the Glen and maybe a couple other here and there. I feel like bringing a guy like that, an established Xfinity Series perennial winner, a Cup Series driver for a premier team, bringing him into the fold has got to be pretty good for you guys as a team to now have that knowledge base of, you know, okay, here's what it takes for a car to go fast or a truck to perform well. And also tying in with BKR because he won, I think, BKR's last race maybe at Homestead. And now he's driving for you when you guys started with BKR. And you want to be a team owner. You want to be a successful one, being with the top teams in the series. You're not going to get there overnight. You understand that. But bringing somebody like Chase into the fold, that helps you guys learn probably tenfold, especially in a season like this with no practice, no qualifying. The more experience, the better. Yeah, and, I mean, he's been great. He's such a good guy to, to, to come over and help us like this. It's just, you know, I mean, I, I'm blessed, you know, so – uh, yeah, he's, he's been such a good help. Him and Shane are talking back and forth on, I mean, we knew we were starting to kind of get, get behind on our intermediate stuff. And, and, uh, you know, we felt like we got, we built a great truck for, for Bristol. Um, you know, we kind of missed a, a little bit there at the end, but I mean, he drove from 33rd to, to fifth, you know, so, yeah. um, excited about him getting in to some more and build it. We knew we were down on our mile and a half stuff and I, I can't thank him enough for, for jumping in something that, that we knew probably wasn't going to be as competitive as what it should, but we could get some feedback. We, we don't get any wind tunnel time. We don't get any of that stuff, you know? So, uh, and I don't have the experience on mile and a half to say, you know, this is the mechanical grip. We're lacking downforce. We got plenty of side force. You know, I feel it. I just don't know how to explain it yet to where somebody that's done this is and the caliber driver that he is, is able to talk to Shane and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and how blessed are we to, to have him be willing to come over and help us like that, you know? So a uh, great guy. I've, I've really gotten to know him and, and have all the respect in the world for him and, and I uh, can't thank him enough. So. We talk about being blessed to have chase in the fold and I'm curious, you know, you've raced all your life. Your dad did the same thing. Did you guys ever think that you would be NASCAR team owners and drivers competing in the truck series? I, it's kind of one of those cliche things where you look at the big picture and you're saying to yourself, like, we're just some guys from Texas trying to do this thing on a shoestring budget, just trying to make our dreams a reality. But Corey, like you're literally doing that. So have you reflected at all on that either personally or even with your dad saying, you know, we've come a long way from running these local short tracks. We're on the big stage now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you have to, especially when things aren't going as, as, as good as you want them to, or as hard as you feel like you're working to have them go, you, mm-hmm. you kind of lose, lose that, um, you know, the, the perspective that you're in, but yes, I, it does probably not as much as I should. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're in something like this, you want to be successful at it and you want to be, uh, running good. And, 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 uh, you know, we have, we've had great runs for, for a small team. We've had excellent runs and some Absolutely. success, you know I mean? We 150 feet away from winning Daytona, you know I mean? Kind of had the fast, had a fast truck and knew it the whole time and sitting back there trying to, you know, it was only my second super speedway race. Heck the first time we was at Daytona, I was running second, you know, and end up right. just a lack of wrecked it, you know, so we're capable of building good trucks and, and, uh, you know, we're doing it all in house. We built our, 
we clip them ourselves. We build our bodies ourselves. I mean, everything is done right here. I mean, the only thing we haven't built from scratch is a center section. You know, we've done a lot of that. We, uh, you know, we've taken the cage and put rails on it and completely reskinned them. So, um, we're even getting that down to where where we're going to be able to do our center sections in house. So um, it, it may not be something that that we need to be doing right now, but where we're located, in order to make this work, we have to to do it here so you know we jumped right on the bodies to to figure out how to how to repair them here and and um you know we're going to get there we're, we're going to get there there's a there's a lot of teams that are a lot bigger than us that that aren't capable of of doing what we do already uh we still have speed we just we're lacking a little downforce now and and we're going to find it we'll figure it out i mean we're already today that was kind of four or five hours of three hours of my day is, is we're, we're changing the clips up, you know, we're going to go ahead and relocate sway bars and steering boxes. And, you know, a lot of things that we know we have to do to, to uh, get better. And, and, you know, with a small group of, of guys that do this on the, when we have time, I still think I look back at that more than, than anything that, you know, we've learned to not be scared to make changes. Does that make sense? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I sit back and reflect on it when I have a chance, and 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 I know how blessed I am to be able to race at this level, and and there again, probably why I, I want to be good. I mean, I want to be good at that. I want to have a good race team, and we'll get there. So uh, it's just work, right? Yeah, nothing but work. And you know, we've talked about experience or maybe lack thereof for you guys and your team specifically in this instance. And I'm sure no practice, no qualifying all of last year and all of this year, most of this year at least, that hasn't helped matters a bunch. So, you know, acclimating to you and Shane, him being the crew chief, he has some experience on some of these racetracks, but not with this specific team, not with you as the driver, not with this specific rules package, with the competition that you're competing against. So now that you guys have a few races under your belt, not just this year, but dating back to last year as well, your relationship with him, how you guys communicate, setting up the truck so you unload off the truck and start the race where you guys want to be. I'm sure that's improving slowly but steadily. It is. You know, not not practicing is a double-edged sword, right? On a team like ours, it helps because it's less cost. It's less travel expenses. We're less – we're there a day less. That's tires, you know, so – so it's been a blessing on that side, but as far as, as the experience and the performance and, and what I need as a driver and Shane needs as a crew chief, not being able to give that data back and forth, it, it, it's hurt us, and, and we understand that. But right now we're, we're uh, you know, with the budget that we have, this works for us right now. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're ready. I mean, we can't, we can't keep talking about Charlotte. You know, we decided to get to Charlotte. You know, I've been there before. We get some practice. We, you know, we, we've changed so much on these trucks, and you don't know until you get to the racetrack, whether it be a rear spring package or, you know, uh, spindle offsets in the front. You know, I mean, everything that we've tried, um, you know, even even down to the pigtails and cool binding and going back and forth and, and, you know, wheel rates and everything that we work on, it may work. But it may not have worked. You know, we might have had just a, a situation in a race where, you know, it wasn't working. But, you know, practice, we need that time on the track. I need it as a driver. But, um, but you know, I'm not that excited to get back to those call seater because it, it may take keep us from making some races. So, 
like I said, double-edged sword, but, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we, we definitely go with the flow. We're excited about being able to practice. You know, Austin's going to be a new one. I've never been there. We, you know, so I'm not, I'm not that big of a road course racer. It's, it's very new. Um, so, you know, and even, even that track, we, we just, we don't have the time to take it back up, which is kind of concerning. You know, we will take one to, to, uh, Charlotte cause we're practicing, but, um, you know, and that's the other cost savings, right? With no practice, we haven't had to have backups put together. So, um, you know, they're like I said, double-edged sword, but, but looking forward to ready to get, get back to, to getting some seat time and, and, you know, that's what I need. We need it as a team. He needs it as his crew chief and I need it as a director. I didn't mention Darlington for a reason because it was not your best of days, but I'm going to talk about a race that almost was, Corey. It was this year at Daytona. You mentioned it. About 150 feet from winning the damn thing. You're leading on the backstretch. Uh, runs coming. Couldn't stop it. But then coming through the trioval, you literally almost won that thing. I, I was at the race. I'm watching it from the media center, and I'm thinking, is Corey Roper going to do this? Really? Because it was either the year before <laughs> or two years before where you had a really fast truck running inside the top five and I think you got loose coming off turn four and wrecked the thing, but you are have a knack for racing at super speedways in Daytona specifically, and you came home with a top five finish, third place, and that's what I want to hit on because for a small team like yours, the finish financially and then also boosting morale, those two things from yeah. that finish specifically, even to kick off the year on the right foot, Two, those two things, from the financial perspective and then just from a morale perspective, both have to be, I would imagine, pretty invaluable for you guys. You know, it was. It was, it was a fantastic day. Um, you know, that race was just kind of odd. I, I, I knew I was fast enough. I could, I could pull up on, you know, on any truck in front of us with a pack. And, mm -hmm. and I actually kind of ran behind that front pack maybe maybe even a half a truck link back farther than what i should have but man we dodged so many wrecks during that race <laughs> every wreck that happened was right in front of me you know we were able to to uh to get get away from it so maybe that little half a truck cushion that that i kept back was not i didn't need to do that because i think it was actually killing everybody behind me but that's where i felt like i could react and, and feel and i could see you know that was kind of my biggest thing and and, um, you know, when you're tucked in, all you see is a spoiler and which, right. you know, when I, when I knew that I was time to go, I mean, I just had the truck to do it. And then, you know, Shane did a great job. Shane and all my brothers did a great job building that truck. Um, I think we even put the body on that one, you know, so, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was close. I knew, I knew when I, when I, you know, I was pushing shield and that whole last lap, I dug down right there at the start finish line coming to the last lap. Uh, and there wasn't nobody in front of me. I, I knew I was kind of kind of in trouble, but but uh, I actually thought uh, Ben Rhodes was actually in front of Sheldon still, so I thought he was going to be there when I mm -hmm. docked down to the middle, and and then I wasn't. It got kind of quiet there going into turn one, and I was like, oh man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but it's it's exciting, you know, leading at Daytona, well, leading at any track at this you know at this level, it would be. You know, it's just accomplishments, and that's what we're working on right now, small accomplishments, you know, trying to run run in, in the top 20, try to run the top 15, try just small victories right now, and, and uh, hopefully they'll, you know, if you can get in the top top five and run competitive in the top five, then you have a chance to win, you know. So, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's a tough sport, a lot of hard, I mean, a lot of great everything, great drivers, great teams, great trucks, great everything. So, so um 
you know, you got to be great every weekend uh, to be able to run up there with them. And I remember you told us after the race on Zoom that a run like yeah. that financially probably adds two to three races to your guys' schedule that you didn't originally have set in stone just because of the purse money that you got from that top five finish. So on one hand, good finishes like that do wonders for your guys' team. But on the flip side, as we mentioned the year before, you know, wrecking a car like that, and I think you had a pretty bad wreck this year at Vegas as well, you know, there's not a ton of inventory that you guys have, and you can't just put together a, a truck that's mangled like that in a week to turn it back around and go to another mile and a half or go to another super speedway. So it's kind of feast or famine on super speedways, right? You could hit the jackpot, potentially win, get a good payday for a top five, or you could leave on the wrecker, and then you got a whole lot of work to do when you get back to back to the shop in Texas. Yeah, yeah, and and even even that truck that that we finished second with that day, you know, our third at Daytona, we know we could do better. So first thing we did is come back and cut that body off. I'm at that truck right that now is sitting sitting at the shop with just a greenhouse. So. Wow. Um, you're always working. If you think it's going to be faster, it's worth to go ahead and take it off. The truck at, at Vegas, the sad thing about it, that was my favorite truck. That truck just seemed to be good everywhere we took it. It, it had love speed that thing, in man. it. <laughs> I did. And, and uh, man, that, that, poor, that poor truck right there, I think it's going to get crushed. So uh, there's not much left of it. it, it it's pretty trash from that Vegas wreck. But, um, you know. We're, uh, we, we've got one that we've just done basically from scratch that, that we're pretty excited about finishing. The, we're, we're putting the body on it now. And, and, uh, and so hopefully we'll have another good one that, that just kind of just kind of that freak, you know, that, that, that's fast everywhere you take it. So I um, hate that we lost that out of our fleet, but we'll, we'll get another one. Yeah, I hear you on that. So you're a family man too. Corey, right? What do, what do your wife and your kids think of all this racing? Because they know that you've done it your entire life, but this is a bit different. You're traveling a lot. It's it's a hefty paycheck to pay. Uh, there's danger associated with it, of course. So, what does your family think of this whole thing? Oh, they love it. They, my wife loves it. Um, well, I'm just loving. Hey, just like any <laughs> any spouse in racing right. at any level you're at, right? It's, it's way too much time away from home, but, but she also sees that, you know, I mean, I've been married to my wife for 25 years and she, she sees what it does as far as my passion and, and knows how much I love it. And, and, uh, and with my whole family, you know, it keeps us all together. We all get to travel together. So, so it's fantastic. You know I mean? Her, her family helps. So, so they're traveling with us. Um, you know, my kids, they're, they're in college. And, and like I said, my youngest daughter, when she was still in high school before she had to go to college, she, that's what she did after, after school, she came over, worked on race cars, you know? So, um, you know, it, you know, they, and they both where they work, it's, it's a, it's an experience for them. They get to share it with the people they work, work with. And, and, uh, man, I got such, such great people around here that support us and, and, you know, house parties every weekend that we're racing and, you know, it's just a great, it's a great thing to support. We have from our family and friends, and and if it wasn't from my family and friends, like we couldn't do this. You know, I mean, I've got clients that I work for. I, I work for them. They they, yeah. you know, in industrial business, and they come to the race shop. There's one guy, that, you know, Rob. He he travels with us every weekend. He takes his vacation to come with us, and I work for him. You know, and doesn't make a dime, and he spends more time in that shop than than any of us almost, you know, he's, he, he handles the tires when we're at the racetrack, just works his tail off. And, 
And, uh, you know, he does it because he wants racing or, or the race team to be successful. And, and uh, I mean, just how fantastic is that to be surrounded by people that have the heart to, to spend away from their families and, and, and their own free time to, to make sure that we're successful. Um, I mean, what a fantastic world this is, you know? Yeah, I hear you on that. Well, I'll let you run, Corey. I, I thank you sincerely for all your time tonight, truly. I, I wish the Truck Series had more guys like you because that's kind of what the Truck Series and the sport in general was built on. So we wish you nothing but success down the road. Hopefully we'll be talking soon, and best of luck down the road here in the summer months. Man, I appreciate you having me on. Sorry I have to go. I've, I've, I've got, you know, I knew this was going to be kind of tight. It's just been a busy day, but yeah, man. we got another meeting I have to go. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, we'll talk to you soon and, and appreciate all the all the support. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Corey Roper. Again, driver of the 04 truck in the Camping World Truck Series. I'd like to have him back on and talk to him a little bit more about, you know, just the other stuff we weren't able to get to because there was a handful of things. But interesting story for sure and one that has not really been told, I don't think, adequately by anybody. And I'm guilty of that as well. So I was glad that we could tell some of his story, if not all or most of it. So, Corey, thank you for hopping on and I appreciate you giving me the time. Let's preview this weekend at Dover International Speedway. We got a triple header weekend of action arca east on friday xfinity on saturday cup on sunday dry dean 400 at dover international speedway i will be on site for front stretch but only sunday for the cup race i got some things back home to take care of on friday and saturday it's probably going to be the martin truex jr show again (laughs) if i had to guess he finished second in the last three races at that track he has three wins total his first career win coming in 07 Uh, But also, the guy who finished second at Truex at Darlington is probably going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. Kyle Larson won last time he was at Dover with Chip Ganassi Racing in the playoffs back in 2019, I believe. Obviously didn't race there in 2020. So he's coming back here, and he says that he loves this track. So he will be one to watch too. I looked it up. Now, if you guys remember, Nashville Super Speedway is owned by Dover Motorsports. So this year, Dover International Speedway only has one race. I'll give you a dollar if you know the last time Dover had one race instead of two in a year. If you said 1970, then you were right and your dollar is on the the way via Venmo or in the mail. That is so long ago. That's literally 50 years ago. 51 years ago is the last time Dover had one race. And that was the second year of it hosting Cup Series races. Thank God for racing reference, for real. Like th- that, That's nuts to me. I mean, the fact that it's had two races every single year up until now, it's pretty remarkable. And I know that attendance hasn't been great at Dover. It's my home track, though. I went to every race every year from 2002 to 2013 before I went to college at MSU. And ever since I've been back, I try to go and cover every race that I can at Dover. It holds a real special place in my heart. And this weekend, we got the 750 package again. So hopefully it can create some better racing, whether it's on the restarts or throughout runs, tire wear, migrating up to the top groove. Who knows? All I know is that I love Miles the Monster. I love the concrete jungle that is Dover. And I hope you guys enjoy the action this week. Sunday, 3 p.m., Fox Sports 1, Dryden 400. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, even though there's a casino on the grounds, I would take the 19 and the 5. And nobody else, because I think they're probably going to be the class of the field. 
Lug Nuts of the Week. Cue that funky music, white boy. Darlington penalties. Paul Wolf, two loose lug nuts on the 22 car. He has been suspended for one race and will not crew chief Joey Logano at Dover. Jonathan Hassler will do that instead. Luke Lambert has been fined $10,000 for a loose lug nut. And Bruce Schlicker, Jason Cinchere, and Buddy Sisko were all each fined 5K for one in the Xfinity Series. Grant Hutchins is going to crew chief Brad Keselowski again as Jeremy Bullens remains in COVID protocol for the second week in a row. Cup Series race at Road America is going to be called the Jockey Made in America 250. Kyle Tilley is going to make his cup debut for Live Fast Motorsports at Coda in the 78 car. He's also going to race at Road America. Watkins Glen in the Indy Road Course. He's in IMSA this year, so a good road course ringer for the 78. Planters is sponsoring Ryan Newman at Nashville and will be an associate sponsor for four more races this year. Dry Dean, the title sponsor for the Dover Cup race. They're sponsoring Corey LaJoy and three JD Motorsports cars this weekend. Speaking of Dover, the grandstands are sold out. Limited capacity, of course, but that's good to see for this weekend at Dover. And they're also going to make Johnson & Johnson vaccinations free to everybody there. So be sure to get vaccinated if you're going to the track. Kyle Sieg is making his, his Xfinity Series debut for DGM Racing this weekend. David Starr is partnered with Brett Bayer Children's National Hospital for this weekend. J.J. Yaley getting a pretty good opportunity in a good car, joining our motorsports for two races in the Xfinity Series starting this weekend. Cole Custer is going to run for Rick Ware Racing in Xfinity at Coda, get some more experience. Jordan Anderson Racing is partnered with Arrive Austin for Coda. A-Game is sponsoring Ryan Sieg at Dover and Coda in the number 39 Ford. Sam Hunt Racing's partnered with Distilled Spirits Council, showcasing their Boot the Band campaign. CRC Bracklin 150 was named the sponsor of the truck race at Pocono. Ty Majeski's joining Thor Sport Racing in a fifth truck for Charlotte and Nashville. NASCAR is no longer requiring masks in common outdoor areas for on-track grounds, but if you're inside, you still got to mask up. And news that actually broke the morning of this recording, Texas Motor Speedway president Eddie Gossage is going to retire following the All-Star race this summer. That was a bit of a surprise. Speedy Cash and Revolve Finance are sponsoring both front row entries at Dover. Roush Fenway Racing is launching a fan token program on Socios.com. And last but not least, as I mentioned, Junior Motorsports won their appeal of Noah Gragson's Dash for Cash win at Darlington, they keep the hundred grand. That'll wrap things up for episode 107 of Victory Lane 2.0. Hope you guys enjoyed what you heard today from Corey Roper and myself. If you did, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. We should be available there for your consumption. Until next time, we're going to hopefully have Carson Hosevar on the show, trying to line up an interview with him with Nice Motorsports for next week. Stay safe, get outside, get vaccinated, be safe, wash your hands, and I'll catch you on the flip side.